Game Changer Episode 15, Gamifying Knowledge Sharing, featuring Brian Clausen from Experts Exchange. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. If your organization is like most others, important information is scattered across various emails, outdated documentation, and the minds of employees. If you have implemented a knowledge management system, getting people to put what they know into it is like pulling teeth. In episode 10, we talked with Stephen Thomas about programs they've helped develop internally at Accenture for social collaboration. Today, we're going to look at an out-of-the-box solution for knowledge management, so you can see whether this approach is right for your organization. Brian Clausen is the CEO of Experts Exchange, a technology help site that makes finding answers easier. Experts Exchange launched in 1996 and is home to more than 100,000 active experts who provide reliable answers on a variety of tech topics. In 2012, the company took what they've learned in knowledge management to launch Expert Office, which is a private knowledge sharing platform that they are rolling out in pilot phases for companies to be able to use on their own. So that'll be interesting to dig into that as well. Brian Clausen, welcome to Game Changer. Hi, Jesse. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Brian, what is the history of Expert Exchange and Expert Office? Well, Experts Exchange is an online community of technology professionals uh, with expertise in various areas of technology that really work together to solve real-world problems. And we view it really as a community focused around the way that people now learn on the Internet, in the Internet age. And our goal is to allow technology professionals to very quickly find relevant information that pertains to their everyday job and allow them to be more productive and better at their job and to develop long-term technology expertise and skills that will make them better in their career and develop as, as professionals. Now, what about you? You're relatively new to the company. What's, what's your history? I am new to the company. I've been here for about a month and a half. I have a background over the last 15 years on the management team of three different internet-oriented technology businesses. Um, my background is in uh, e-commerce, web design, and supply chain software. And I joined Experts Exchange because we really have a very exciting foundation here in terms of the community that's used our system over the last 15 years. We have over 100,000 technology experts that collaborate together on a daily basis. And I'm excited because I see a, a really huge opportunity 
for evolving the way that people learn online. And our goal is to be the number one technology education and knowledge sharing site on the internet. And we're doing that by providing relevant information, relevant education tools that really are based on collaboration and sharing joint knowledge across our community to collectively create a stronger technology uh, community that um, makes everyone better at their jobs. It's amazing. Expert Exchange has been around so long and has has grown to that level. What what does it take? We hear mostly about startups that are newer. What what does a what does a company look like now? How many what, what's your team? How many people are on it and where are you guys based? Sure. So we have about 60 employees. We're based in San Luis Obispo, California, which is on the central coast of California. It's a beautiful place, one of the best places to live in the western United States. Um, we have a great university locally that has been a great source of talent for us. And uh, we've been you know, very successful in providing technology education solutions to our community for for almost 20 years now. So um, we're in California, and uh, we've been a solid, good-sized technology business for a number of years. What, in that period of time, more than 15 years, what changes has your team seen in the way that people learn and share knowledge? That's a great question. So really the way we look at the world is that, you know, as you grow up, you go through a very structured education system and there's a very structured way of learning. You go to school, you get grades, you graduate from there. You know, there's additional coursework you can take. There's tutorials, there's ways to learn. The way we look at things though, is that in the internet world and in today's job market, you can look at two ways of learning. There's structured learning, which is traditional coursework, and then there's unstructured learning, which is problem solving. It's quick collaboration. It's less formal. It can be based on social media. It can be based on uh, internet-based interactions. But typically, it involves, hey, I have a problem. I need to solve it. Or it involves, I need some quick information to help me solve a task that's at hand right in front of me. And so our charter, really, as we see it, is to be the leader in providing unstructured education that's real-world learning that allows people to be better at their jobs and is really focused on, on worker productivity. And we've done that in the technology space by allowing technology experts to interact with each other. And really, it's based on a couple of, a couple of core pillars. One is the information is very easy to access. It's very actionable. It's very time-effective to interact with, with our community. And secondly, we've, we've used a, a points-based system to really recognize those that are most active in the community. And by having having a point system and by having tiers of recognition levels, it allows it, it allows technology professionals to really stand out in a community of peers in a way that often they can't within their own their own corporate environment. I think in, in many cases, uh, IT professionals, software developers, their expertise may not be well understood within their broader company. So being in a community of peers and also having a way to really stand out there through our point system and our ranking system has been a key to our success, and I think it's really led to a lot of the community loyalty. Now, obviously, you guys have been doing that since long before anybody noticed this gamification trend or certainly put that name on it. Do you consider that what Expert Exchange is doing as leveraging game-inspired tactics or game mechanics? Uh, certainly. I mean, our, our a core a core concept behind Experts Exchange is that if you participate in the community, you earn points, you get recognized, you can stand out, there's ranks to achieve. 
And that's been a real key to our success. I mean, the the relevance of the information on our community is also a key to our success as well. But the gamification concept of providing recognition and benchmarks to achieve has has been very engaging for our community and a real important part of, of the experts exchange experience over the last 15 years. What are the specific behaviors that those game elements are supporting in experts exchange? For example, do you get higher in the rankings simply by posting the most? Uh, no, it's it's actually not based on posting. Um, what happens is that members of our community will have problems. They'll ask questions. And then multiple experts may respond to that question. And it's up to the person who asked the question to determine who provided the best solution. So you get points when another member of the community recognizes you as providing a, a solution to their problem. So really, it's not quantity. It's quality of interactions with other community members where you're where you're helping them and where you're solving a problem. Now, on a lot of gamification approaches, you see events or competitions or games that take place over a set period of time, let's say a six-week or 12-week, or maybe even it's assumed that it's going to run its course in a year or two. With Experts Exchange, has there been changes that shake things up or is it sort of a more of an ongoing growing uh, competition if you will I mean a central part of of experts exchange is your life to date uh, accomplishments and the life to date points you have I mean we look at the community as an enduring long-term presence and your life to date uh, experience is, is really a key part of that so uh, just like learning is a, a lifelong experience your your experts exchange, ranking and point system is a lifelong component of, of your membership in the community. However, we do recognize over specific time periods, you know, recent month, recent weeks, uh, who's been accumulating the most points so that really there's multiple perspectives. Who's Who's been most effective and most appreciated recently and who's really in the Lifetime Accomplishment Hall of Fame type area of the system. Now, we've been mostly talking about Experts Exchange, which is an online community, 100,000 people actively using it uh, on a variety of tech topics. But let's shift focus a little bit here over to Expert Office. What's the, what's the vision with that and how does that work? So Expert Office is based on the same core concepts as Experts Exchange, which is to create a knowledge sharing environment within an individual company where employees can share institutional knowledge and tribal knowledge with each other in a way that makes everyone more effective. So Expert Office is essentially a private version of the Experts Exchange community experience that a company can implement for just their own, their own employees. And the idea here is to create a collaboration tool that's focused around unlocking knowledge that's in silos within different departments and allowing an individual company to be much more effective and to have higher worker productivity by creating a very targeted uh, problem-solving tool that can be used across an enterprise. Now, is it almost just like a mini version of Expert Exchange, or did you extract just some key elements of Experts Exchange? I mean, it's essentially a mini version of Experts Exchange where we've created the functionality of our community and made it so it can be deployed for an individual company. And so what happens is you you get a blank slate uh, that has 
uh, the ability for you to configure your own knowledge categories. Uh, so I mean, really, it can be used. It can be used for any type of company. It's not specific to technology professionals. It can be used in manufacturing. It can be used in any organization that has, in, in particular, disparate locations and departmental silos that need to be broken down. And so when you install Expert Exchange, you get a, a blank page with all the functionality of Experts Exchange and the ability to configure it into the right categories and into the right structure that makes sense for your business. Now, if my company wants to install that, am I literally installing that on our system or does it all reside on your servers? No, Expert Office is a software-as-a-service-based solution, meaning we host everything for you. So what happens is you go to expertoffice.com, you request to do an, an implementation, and we create a new site for you that we host and manage, and then we give you the tools to configure the knowledge categories and the user profiles that will be involved in the system. Now, I can imagine a head of IT hearing about this and thinking it sounds great, but this is really likely to get some of our company secrets put into that information. What, How secure is the information that's going on your servers? Um, well, well, it's very secure on multiple fronts. I mean, Expert Office is structured to be a protected environment where that information is only available to that company that is using the Expert Office uh, implementation. We we take security procedures on, on multiple fronts. I mean, we do quite a bit of, of payment card uh, industry security. So our, our PCI security requirements already put us in a situation where we have very significant um, security procedures to begin with. But the office, the expert office solution is designed specifically with security and privacy in mind. And it's a very secure environment. What are some of the aspects of expert office that would be engaging? For example, how does the social element come into play? Well, essentially what Expert Office does is it allows uh, any employee in a company to ask a question that can be answered by anyone else in the company. And so what it does is it creates direct point-to-point communication between team members that might not naturally communicate on a regular basis. Uh, So a good example might be if you had an account manager that's working with a client and the client has a particular need and that account manager doesn't know if the company is able to to meet that need, they can post that question and the product team or the development team or the research and development team can provide an answer that is timely and quick and uses very little of everyone's time. What that does is really two things. It allows that particular problem to be solved and it starts to build a knowledge base of intelligence and and information about the company. And so as the system grows, what happens is any employee can search the knowledge base to see questions that have already been answered and they can also collaborate with each other through a very direct question and answer process. Additionally, what happens from a social standpoint is as particular employees become particularly effective at answering questions and, and providing solutions, they will earn points and they will stand out. And what happens is it provides a way for the members of your team that really have a lot of institutional knowledge to be recognized. And often there really isn't that form of recognition for someone that helps other people uh, who who has knowledge that's relevant to the rest of the company, and we're taking a task which is really helping your coworker be more effective at their job and providing recognition around it now in a way that it can be measured by HR, in a way where it can be measured by departmental managers. And is this something that is pretty mobile? Do you have a a, a mobile version? Uh, we have a mobile optimized version of the site as well as uh, a web optimized or or a desktop optimized version of the site. So basically, it can be 
run from any handheld device, tablet, or or PC or, or computer. So one thing I'm thinking of for somebody who's not familiar with Experts Exchange is a question that comes to mind is what's different about this than a bulletin board, an, ele- you know, an electronic bulletin board that you'd find? And I'm thinking that, I think, is it is it Yahoo Answers that's pretty popular and, and how that, the whole deal where the people rate to choose the best answer, you tend to find an answer a lot faster than you do on, a, on just a bulletin board where the answers are all chronological and there isn't any ranking. Sure. I mean, well, bulletin boards and wikis are going to allow you to post a lot of information which may be relevant and they provide search tools. But in general, they're putting information up that may be useful to someone without knowing their specific problem. I mean, the whole idea behind Expert Office is to allow very specific questions to be raised, made visible to other employees, and answered in a timely manner. So in terms of time-critical problem-solving, our approach really is much different than than a message board or wiki, which may be more of a trying to predict what people may need to learn. It, it's really focused around, hey, there's a problem at hand. We need to solve it. Mm-hmm. So, and you get the sense that it, the, the search feature really does help people find the answers quickly? Yeah, as the knowledge base grows, it's allowing employees to search amongst very relevant, specific information, as opposed to, I mean, I've been in organizations with wikis where information on wikis or message boards grows over time, and then it becomes out of date because people can't use it, and it's not relevant to them. The questions that we have are all very relevant and timely, and therefore, you're searching amongst information that was used to solve a common problem. So any any basic employee task where you might have multiple people doing the same thing and solving the same problem, you now have the ability to first say, hey, has someone already solved this problem before? And if not, let me ask it in a way where I can get an answer very quickly. So, I, I mean, really, I would boil it down to saying the key difference here is we're talking about very specific, very actionable information that can be searched or asked, and you're letting people get that information in a way that's very time effective for them. And what you'll see with message boards and wikis and other tools is that the overload of information there often becomes a barrier to many, many users. If you look at user adoption trends, you'll see drop-offs in usage often as the information grows. And so we think part of the solution is to be very, very targeted and very actionable and, and focus on that information that um, really the goal should be someone can get their problem solved with 30 to 60 seconds of interaction, not with a broader a broader search or a broader broader digging process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what's the life cycle so far in Expert Office? I think you guys are still in pilot phases. Yeah, so I mean, Expert Office is based on our community, which has been been in place since the mid-90s. Uh, we really came up with Expert Office based on users of Experts Exchange coming to us and saying, hey, would it be possible for me to get a private version of Experts Exchange? So we created that last year. And what we're doing now is we're looking for companies that want to participate in 90-day pilot periods with us. We're, we're trying to be very targeted in working with companies that can give us useful feedback. We want to make sure that as Expert Office evolves, it's something that can be uh, very relevant. And so um, the way we're approaching it is we have 90-day pilot windows. The next pilot period runs from the start of July through the end of September. And basically, companies that are interested uh, enroll in in a pilot phase, and we work very closely with them to make sure that the structure of the system 
works well for their needs and that the employees involved are going to be successful. How many companies have so far undertaken a pilot and can you share any examples of them with us? We have a core group that started in initial pilot phase and then our Q3 pilot of this year will be, I'd say probably our, our, our first larger notable pilot group. So we are still at the point where we have a handful and we're looking for a bigger group that again can be very collaborative with us. So, I mean, to be clear, it's it's relatively new to the market in terms of how we're offering it, but we expect to have a lot more results after our Q3 pilot. And what have you learned so far since uh, launching it? Have you needed to, to make any changes? Sure. No, I mean, I think what we found is that initially out of the gate, there's some very specific useful applications. I think what we're finding is different organizations interact with information differently. Some prefer web-based interactions, some prefer email-based interactions, some prefer other forms of interaction as questions are posted and answers are provided. Um, We're seeing also requests for the application to be embedded into broader technology solutions like portals or or environments that might already be in place in a company. And that's an area that we we plan to focus on to make it integrate as easily as possible into into other tools that may already exist in a company. You know, that's a good point, and you don't really even think about some of those things until you just get out there and start and start testing them. Like, I, I would never have occurred to me that email would be a way that people would want to interact with uh, a knowledge base. So are, is that something you're implementing? Can, how, how does that work from an email perspective? Users of Expert Office have the ability to subscribe to particular topics, and as questions are answer, asked about those topics, they can have those questions pushed to them. Uh, Individuals who ask questions can also get updates on answers as they come in. And the idea is that that provides a form of outreach to say, hey, can you help with this particular issue that doesn't involve employees needing to constantly monitor, monitor the solution. So I could answer a question without having to log into the system. I can just reply to an email? Uh, That will be something that is in one of the very next releases of what we do. Right now you can get notified link and log in and um, replying the emails. Uh, one of those things that um, is a key finding that we're, we're on the verge of introducing. So Okay. And then where are you at as far as the, the portal integration? Is that already in place or is that still in the future? Um, it's in place in regards to the fact that companies that participate in our pilot programs, we're able to work with them and, and discuss maybe specific needs and in integrating to their individual portal. I think, um, you know, more systematic, hey, we're pre-integrated to these sets of portals is something that will be more systematic roadmap item where, you know, we release pre-integration um, over time. Yeah. And do you have any case studies or, or stories you can share with us to support whether this approach is making a, a meaningful difference? Um, I mean, our formalized case studies will be coming out soon. Um, I mean, I still point to our broader community and, uh, and the track record of experts exchange over the last 17 years probably really is the biggest proof point. Um, but the fact that our community has endured over that much time as the way people learn and the way that people um, interact with information has evolved, um, I would say is our, our biggest proof point. We, I'd say we have some very good, good starting points with expert office and expert office, something we have a lot of optimism about. Again, want to be real clear on where we are. It's, it's relatively new to the market, um, but based on a, a really strong track record. And so um, companies that are entering the Q3 pilot, I think will probably be our 
most relevant group of companies that that really provide great proof points, but there's a really solid foundation there based on 17 years of experience. So, Brian, can you tell us about your pricing plans? Yeah, we follow a software as a service uh, pricing model that is a based on number of users participating and uh, an annual fee. We have the uh, the price point for expert office priced at a, at a very attractive level for those in the pilot phase. Um, it's around ten dollars a year per user. Uh, that's probably a lower price point than we will have longer term. It's there to incent uh, incent collaboration and participation from our uh, our initial pilot group, and uh, it's something that we think is a extremely good value. So, uh, really, what we're looking for through the rest of this year is a core group of companies that are progressive thinkers in terms of how they view uh, learning, how they view collaboration and education, are willing to give us feedback. And in response for that feedback, we've made the pricing structure what we think is very attractive for for a solution like this. It is, right. Now, long term, do you have a sense for what your target market is? Is there a certain size of company that you really think is ideal for this? Um, well, we think that companies that have disparate locations, obviously, um, are a good fit. Companies that have uh, segmented departments that they may be operating in information silos are a good fit. I, I mean, I may have described most companies with that description. Um, we expect the initial group of, of pilot participants and, and adopters to likely come out of our, our existing community um, in that you know, we have over... 100,000 community members that are already very familiar with our approach. It's always easier to start with people that know you instead of trying to explain a concept to people that don't know you. So um, we think that we'll probably see more technology applications out of the gate just because our community now tends to have um, a real focus on IT professionals and software developers. But really, there's nothing about expert office that makes it a, a solution catered to technology companies. And obviously, you've got 100,000 people using Expert Exchange now, so certainly you could handle some of the biggest companies in the world if they want to implement Expert Office. What about on the other end? Is there an organization that's just too small that you wouldn't really ever have critical mass to have a meaningful knowledge base? I, I mean, I think I think a solution like Expert Office is relevant to companies of most sizes. I mean, we use it internally here at Experts Exchange as I mentioned, we have about 60 employees, and it's helped quite a bit in terms of collaboration across you know, 60 employees in a single location. So um, really, I doubt there's any company out there that says we have no institutional knowledge that's locked in anyone's head that we're having <laughs> trouble, trouble unlocking. And so, I mean, for the initial pilot, we'd like to see uh, targeted usage in areas that, that you know, we can get very good traction over 90-day periods. So you know, we're not looking to roll out to 10,000 users out of the gate, but um, you know, good good initial use cases in the 50 to 100 user range, we think are very good starting points. And I mean, from a technology infrastructure and scalability standpoint, we have the ability to scale to a very large user base just based on the track record of our community and and our hardware and network infrastructure that we've already invested in to support our broader community because. I mean, Expert Office and Experts Exchange run on the same same technology stack. And so that's a real scalability benefit. Yeah, that's right. Now, how long 
should a company plan for implementation if they're thinking, yeah, this expert office is something that we really should do? How far ahead of time should they assume that they would need to get started? Well, let's say you were participating in the July pilot. I mean, what would happen is we would create a we create an expert office site for you. It would be up and running right away, and it would be something that you could be configuring the day that it's turned on. So, I mean, in terms of the technology piece of it, it's an instantaneous activation process. I mean, really where the thought's going to come in is how do you want to categorize your knowledge? And so we recommend putting a little thought into what are the main knowledge categories, but really if you know those, you can implement expert office and be up and running that same day. And uh, then from there, it's really just a communication effort to your employees to say, hey, here's this, here's this tool that we're going to start using. And give us an example of some of the knowledge categories that might be uh, appropriate. Well, I mean, I think it's really specific to the business. So um, if, you were, if you were a software company, um, you'd be asking questions about the functionality of the software, and you would describe the different functional areas of your system, and you'd make those knowledge categories. Um, if you were a manufacturing company, you might have different categories for your different products, right? So you might make category one, product A, category two, product B, et cetera. And then you might have other questions about internal policies like IT infrastructure, HR policies, et cetera. But really, we see some very good applications being for remote sales and account management teams that are out selling a product and need to have uh, near real-time access to product knowledge so that you categorize by the different products you're selling and then you give your sales and account management teams the ability to log questions by product area that can be routed to the product experts or product management team. So if you think of this as a, a lot of times you've got sales team members out on their own and you've got expertise in, in a few people's heads in, in your corporate office instead of a bunch of email and text-based and phone-based interactions between your sales team and and your product experts, you've got a process where they can get quick answers, but you're starting to build up a knowledge base that can be searchable by the whole sales team. So, I mean, I think sales and account management, interacting with product experts is a, a great use case. Um, I think it also has very good applications within HR and with, within IT, which is where, where we've we really thrived as a community online. One of the tough things is I'm imagining how the an implementation would go is if you've got an organization that doesn't really have a vision for what knowledge management can be and they just have never worked that way and you're at you're starting with this basically empty shell of a system and saying no trust us start asking questions here instead of just sending an email to everybody and and that's something that you haven't had to work with since 96 but as you're doing these pilot rollouts you probably are dealing with that what what kinds of things do you do as far as that initial engagement I mean, I think our most successful implementations so far have started with the identification of some existing problem. I mean, it's potentially that there's some person or group of people in an organization that are continually hit up uh, for questions and often hit up for the same questions. And starting a pilot often involves focusing around those knowledge experts as the focal point. So maybe you have a situation where you've got 20 people that all depend on the same three people for product information And what you do is you start with those three people and you say, all right, we're going to just make a minor tweak to our process. Instead of this remote team all contacting you individually, we're going to have all their questions routed through through the system. And those three people being involved in answering questions out of the gate allows you to very quickly get a pilot rolling where 
your disparate team of 20 is now interacting with these three people through a common medium. And if those three people are responsive, the system takes off very quickly. So, I mean, how we recommend starting a pilot is by identifying, you know, one group or one person even that are really uh, a source of knowledge, getting them engaged and going from there. It's interesting that one of the things that brings expert exchange to our attention is this sort of gamified approach uh, with with the points and leaders and so forth. But then when you're talking about how do you overcome that initial engagement issue, you're relying on an age-old engagement tactic, really, of identifying some champions and really involving them and getting them fully enrolled and supportive. And then they're the really the the ball that gets the gets everything rolling. Right, and the, the gamification concept plays in from there because you want to keep those key people actively engaged. They're the ones that are going to be earning recognition and points. So you start with them. And, and many, many technology implementations start well and then lose traction. The gamification concept of providing recognition and points to these experts is really a key to the long-term success of a program like this. And the success of our community, I think, is indicative of of how that that plays out in that once you get experts getting recognition and getting points, it, it's something that they they really become addicted to in some cases and will stay very active. Brian, how can someone find out more or take the next step with Expert Office? Yeah, so we have two main websites, expertsexchange.com, which is experts-exchange.com, and then expertoffice.com. Uh, one one focuses on the community and the second focuses on Expert Office specifically. And all of the key features and information on Expert Office are available at expertoffice.com. And really what we're probably most interested in right now in terms of interactions with companies that may have interest is discussing the, the July to September pilot period and whether there's interest in participating in that time frame. Uh, we'll likely have other pilot periods after that, um, running probably on a quarterly basis like that. Q3 pilot. But if you have interest, I'd encourage you to go to expertoffice.com. You can contact us directly there. Uh, you can also get ongoing information about Experts Exchange on on our blog and on our website. And we're, we're very active in, in Facebook and, and on our blog and trying to provide just general education around uh, online education, how unstructured learning is impacting the way people approach their jobs. And when it boils down to it, I mean, we just want to collaborate and talk about any topics that are going to lead to more effective employees through real-world problem-solving and unstructured education. Fantastic. Brian Clausen, CEO of Experts Exchange and Expert Office, thank you for joining us on Game Changer. Thanks, Jesse. It was great to be here. And we'll provide Brian's contact information in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash gc fifteen as in Game Changer Episode 15. Both gamification and online learning are still emerging areas going through huge growth and change right now. It will be very interesting to follow Brian's team as they develop and expand. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. 
You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 